0: Alright, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Ian. And today's episode, we're actually going to talk about the three new trailers that came out last week. Halloween Kills, the new Shang-Chi trailer, and the new Suicide Squad trailer. Figured those are the big three horror movie and comic book movie trailers. I kind of wanted to talk about. I know they did do a Black Widow trailer. But because Black Widow's coming out so quickly. And we've waited so long. I'm going to kind of skip over it. Just because for me. I don't really see kind of much purpose of being like. Oh hey. You know this is. Like literally comes out like next week. I'm like. So I'm like eh. I'm like there's really not a lot. Like I haven't really seen from the trailers that they've established. At least in my opinion. But, uh, I guess to surprise some people, yes, I do like some horror movies. I'm not, like, the biggest horror movie fan, but if you guys are going to ask me, like, what is one of my favorite horror movie franchises, I will say Halloween. And I know, of course, the next big thing that's going to come up is, are you a big fan of the original two, movies four and five, did you, which one did you fall Like, which was the ones that grabbed you? And movies four and five were the ones that got me. Because when I was growing up, I was watching, like, the AMC, like, Halloween, like, reruns. They would do, like, the month of Halloween, they do all their horror films. And I'd seen four and five a lot. And I was like, okay, makes sense. And those are the ones that I always kind of, at least for me, those I always felt like were, you know, the horror movie... Those are, like, my, my favorite movies of the Halloween franchise. I know we can talk about Halloween Resurrection, H2O, and all that stuff. And was it Halloween Resurrection that Buster Rhymes, like, beat the crap out of Michael Myers? after? He, like, he came back, and, like, for a reason, like, that one also makes me laugh, but it's more the ending. Because, like, at that point, like, they kind of just give it up on the Halloween franchise, but feel like i'm digressing but uh yeah Halloween's four and five were my particular two favorite halloween films i know a lot of people had like their favorites whether they either rolled the first and second or they love the first one or they love four and five and i mean there's so much we could talk about with that but uh let's kind of get into it let's we'll talk about halloween kills since essentially i've been talking about halloween and then maybe i'll talk about some like other horror movies like that, I like later on in other podcasts, figured, do something like that, so, Howling Kills, it is a part of, it's the second part in the new trilogy, that's being written, by Bloomhouse. I'm trying to remember, uh, one of the writers, is it Danny, oh god, it's killing me, because I see his face in my head, and he's from Tropic Thunder, and he did a, Oh my god. He, he was with, he's always been with like Seth Rogen and all them. It's, uh, he, Lord, it's gonna kill me. I'm gonna look this up, but essentially it's a part of their new trilogy. They want to continue after the original Halloween, so they want to literally just skip two, three, four, five, six, all Rob Zombie stuff, everything like that. Like, they wanted to literally skip all of that. Because they were like, yeah, no, uh, no point in us trying to rehash things. And in a lot of ways, as crappy as I want to say, it, like, I enjoy 4 and 5, but you could kind of take it or leave it with 4 and 5, in my opinion. And, like, that was just kind of how it was. If you really looked at that, you know, like, if you really looked at the movie and understood, like, their franchise and understood it, like, it made sense that you could kind of skip over those movies. Mm, Danny McBride. He's one of the head writers on on the New Halloween Trilogy. So it takes place after the original 30... I think it's like 30, 35 years after the original, something like that. It's been a long time. And essentially, Michael was arrested. He never got out in the sequel for the Halloween 2. He never went through any of that. He just went straight into a mental asylum. And messed with Laurie Strode, like, heavily. To the point of, like, she was like, he's going to come back one day. He's going to try and kill me. And... I'm going to kill him. Like, she knew she was always going to be forever stuck with him. And to me, I thought that was very smart. They definitely kept that up. And some people might hash it because they feel like it's too much of, like, a reworking of the original. When I watched it, I didn't feel like it was as much of a rework of the original because once you kind of get the twist of it, It made sense because now they're able to actually, they've already pre-established everybody. They've caught everybody up. They gave a reasoning for Michael to come out because two podcasters happened to just wave his mask in front of him, which doesn't help that I'm podcasting right now. So if I have to make an apology, yeah, that I'm sorry that that happened. And then just mayhem and chaos went from there. Halloween Two directly takes place after that, the Halloween Kills movie, and literally it picks up right from the ending of it. And I'm not trying not to spoil too much for the original because if you have not seen or too much of the new Halloween, I think it was like 2018, then or is it 2018 or 2019? I think it might have been. It's one of those two. But if you haven't seen it, check it out. I definitely feel like it's a good. It's worth checking out. It's worth watching because I think they do a great job of really establishing what they have to with the film and really kind of making you get those vibes of the original. And I think they just do a good job. And, I mean, this one just, it ups the ante. Like, it definitely, it took the concept of, you know, a town versus Michael Myers to the extreme because at the end of the day, I mean... It was it was played with at the end of 4 where Michael got lit up by just the town and the sheriff's office. It would make sense that you know a town banding together would try to stop him. Unfortunately for them, he's not really being stealth like Sam Fisher, like he's he's Michael Myers, like he's coming straight for his family home. Which is what they established in the trailer, and Laurie Strode, you know, she's all banged up. So now she's like, I we gotta go get him. And it's doing something that I think makes sense for just the the movie and the concept of the story. Now there's some people that kinda of bash it for certain lines like, oh, well, Michael's going to become more than what he is because the more he kills, the more he buys into his credence, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not too mad at that line. I just don't really think, for me personally, it really just makes a difference. You know, you, you could have argued that the mask is what made Michael Myers Michael Myers, that because it's easy to hide behind a mask and commit violence. Than it is to be outright without one. And just show your face and do it. You could do that. But I feel like. The way they've made him out to be. The Mystique. He kind of just has to be that type of guy. In a lot of ways. So. Uh, there's ways to play with it. But I'm going to see how they do it. And I'm going to give them the chance. To really let them just. Have fun. See what their trilogy is going to be like. And I have more faith their new trilogy is going to be better than the new Star Wars trilogy we got because it started off strong and then just went and just went sideways real quick. Just saying, and I I might talk about that one day as well, but I digress. Uh, overall, I'm definitely excited to see it, it comes out this October. I think every one of us has waited long enough to see it. And definitely, I think it is... I think it's going to be good. It's the one that me and me and the wife are excited about. I know we have a couple other friends that are excited about it. So, we're definitely going to be trying to see it in theaters, if we can. I know with all the craziness, we can't really predict how the world's kind of going right now. So, hopefully we can all see it in theaters. If not, I know they'll find a way to... Get on a streaming platform somewhere. Now let's move to the let's move to the new Suicide Squad trailer. They did do a couple new things. Definitely it looks good. Definitely you got to see more characters like the Javelin and other stuff. And you got to see more of the comedy comedy side of it. Which, I mean, it's James Gunn. If you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, you knew comedy was gonna be involved with it. And he does a good job of infusing comedy into comic book franchises. Because, I mean, essentially that's what Guardians of the Galaxy really took advantage of. They they became more comedic. But like the MCU in a lot of ways should be a lot more dark. than, it, Or should be a lot darker in my opinion than what it is. But because of how the MCU really handles the more fun quippy, and more comedic aspects. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy, written by James Gunn, really showed they could do it, and they could make it more lighthearted. Why with this? Yeah, they're they're kind of having to copy a little bit of that, in my opinion, still, and you can definitely feel it. But one of the best things that came out of that was... Bloodsport, Sport who's played by Idris Elba. When you hear about, he's the guy that shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet and put him in the ICU. Like, that line right there apparently has set off a lot of people. And I get why, because I think it would have been cool to kind of see Superman, you know, pop up or have him had to fight somebody or whatever. Cause I feel like there's so much they skipped that it unfortunately kind of defeats the purpose of even kind of putting that line in there. Now I hope they give us some, a back scene, like he just kind of, or some like backstory to it, I should say to really kind of explain the context of it and kind of give you like, Oh yeah, you like blood bloodsport took that shot and hit Superman and, just League had to come save him, blah, blah, blah. Like, that would definitely be cool. I think it would definitely be something that would be very interesting. And I think it would definitely play very well. I know the first Suicide Squad movie had where all of them at some point had ran into Batman or The Flash. So, I mean, I definitely think that there's potential for them to do that. I'm just going to be curious to see how they're going to play it. But definitely, that line I know really set the tone for kind of what James Gunn wants to do. And I'm not mad at it. I think it makes sense. And in all intents and purposes, they kind of needed to get the Suicide Squad off the ground anyways. Just, I feel like there's... there's for DC, they needed something that's going to be a fun team-up group that's not the Justice League. You kinda needed their version of the Guardians of the Galaxy a lot of ways. But you also kinda need to beat Marvel to the punch of getting a group of supervillains out and being more established with them. And I definitely feel like James Gunn's the right guy. You can definitely tell he's reviewed a lot of the Suicide Squad comics. Like, you know, I talked about you know the Suicide Squad Volume One, Trial by Fire by John Ostander a couple months back. And you can definitely see some things where he's pulled from that. He's definitely, he's got a vision and he knows what he wants to do for the Suicide Squad. And I definitely feel like that is good and I like who they're bringing in. It sucks we couldn't still keep Will Smith's dead shot. I think it was more due to, but it's scheduling conflicts? So I don't think he outright dropped out, but all sorts of stuff. I definitely feel like they had... I don't. I don't feel like Will Smith would have dropped out too easily, but we'd have to see. At the end of the day, but definitely, I'm so I'm going to check out Suicide Squad. I know it's coming out to HBO Max and I think theaters in August. So definitely, if you guys are big DC fans and this catches your interest, definitely check it out. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good film. I think yeah. We, We might see a little bit of the MCU tropes, but I think that is more akin or more akin to tropes from James Gunn right now than anything else. So now let's, uh, let's jump to the last one, which is the Shang-Chi trailer. And dude, that trailer set a different tone. And. When I went and relooked at it and I kinda heard a couple other people talk about it too, I I, I got the understanding. The first one was more Shang-Chi's trailer, the original where you get the introduction to Shang Chi and you got to you know see what his side of it is. This trailer was to give you guys the Mandarin Win and to really set the tone of like he's not somebody to play with, and I mean they they set him up well. Like he just how he talks to Shang Chi, how he makes sure that he is not someone you want to ignore. He is, in all intents and purposes, he's the guy that, I mean, I, he he comes off like a genuinely powerful villain and. I hope he's not one of the ones that kind of gets killed off. Because at the end of the day, for me, the MCU needs good villains. You just need to have where it's done well. Where, yeah. Freaking Win Woo or Mandarin, whichever name you want to go by, he gets defeated. But, you know, he's not done. The Ten Rings organization will still roll with him. You know, or Shang-Chi just... He defeats him, but he, because it's his dad, like, he he ends up walking away. Because he knows he can't kill his dad. Something like that, I don't think I would mind as much. Because you're giving us, you're leaving us with a good villain to play back with later. Whether you have Shang-Chi involved with the Avengers, or however you want to do it. But they need stronger villains to kind of stay in. Because right now, I mean... Thanos is gone. Ultron. There's rumors Ultron is still around. Because technically he never really died. But we don't know. You know there's not too many powerful villains. I mean Killmonger. He's gone. He was more in my opinion. I think he was a really good villain. How they wrote him out. And you could really see the, the the two stories. Or their two understandings from both killmonger and t'challa just kind of their thoughts and their ideologies and how people could agree with both but definitely the shang chi trailer it it's set up it's set up for how cool the mandarin's gonna be and just he's not somebody to play with the other great thing about that trailer that this guy, everybody hype is. We finally, and something that we didn't expect. No one's seen the abomination since two thousand eight Incredible Hulk, which to me I think is a very underrated Hulk movie in my opinion. Like I think they did well with establishing, and you finally got, in a lot of ways, kind of a a good Hulk story for the movies. So I know we had Eric Bannis Hulk and that was directed by Ang Lee, and I mean that didn't really uh pan out too well. Cause I mean they was crazy. The CGI on it was amazing and it was really good, but end of the day it just kind of just didn't it didn't go well for a plot. Then then you had the Incredible Hulk, which Better Plot, very interesting concepts that they brought in, and then you replace Edward Norton with Mark Ruffalo, who has done a very good job with what he has, and I think he's definitely made himself into the definitive Bruce Banner and Hulk character. So, definitely I'm excited, I'm glad we got to see Abomination, and we got to see Wong, so... Definitely, there's a lot more stuff that I'm curious to figure out what's going on, you know, what's the tournament, everything, because I think there's more to Shang-Chi than what we've all been led up to, led up to know. And I definitely feel like this was the trailer that really set that bar up that's got a lot more excitement. I feel like if we got this trailer the first time, I think a lot more people would be invested. Cause I mean, when I went, when I go to like Target or Walmart or anything like that, I mean, I can't tell you, I see so many Shang Chi trailer or Shang Chi figures and Aquafina figures and stuff like that from the Shang Chi, like Mister Hyde Wave. They're just on, they're just peg warmers now. And with this trailer, I mean, I I feel like it's probably the new Shang Chi trailer is probably gonna boost that up. So yeah, I mean, if you didn't get the Shang Chi figures now, definitely say get them. Because if it's got you invested, definitely you need to jump on it while you can. So, with that being said, hope you guys enjoy these, enjoy these movie trailer reviews I kind of just did real quick. Sorry, brain wanted to have a brain fart because I was like, oh wait, did I forget to give what I think of Shang Chi? Yeah, I, I did apparently. So that's that's on me. Apparently, my brain's everywhere. Shang-Chi definitely looks good. I, as you guys couldn't tell, like, I I, I like the martial arts action. I'm hoping it's going to be hooked up. And for everything I'm hearing, it looks like it is. So I'm there for it. That comes out in September. I'm excited about that. I think it's going to be good. So with that being said, thank you guys for listening. As always, you guys can find me on... Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you guys listen to your podcast. As well as you guys can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Comics Amino. And email me at Stuff with Ian. So with that being said, you guys have a good day. And uh, see you guys later. Peace. Sorry, apparently this thing did not want to end. Alright, now that's we're going to end it. <laughs> Lord, if that's not embarrassing. Oh, eh, Yeah. As you guys can tell, sometimes that happens, apparently. Where it goes. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those days. Alright, later, guys.